The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change. And when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Oh, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. Yes, I am Kat, and today's episode hmm, could be a little bit of a soapboxy kind of a one here for me because I want to talk about the curse, the curse of moral outrage and righteous indignation. What do I mean? Well, those, let me start again. If you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast, then my assumption is you have you have change that you want to lead in the world. You have impact that you want to make in your community, in your workplace. You are striving to make your dent in the universe. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, the reason why people like us are wanting to make that change is because we are frustrated or upset or annoyed with the status quo. In fact, the reason I started Impactful Presenters and the reason I have this podcast is because I am convinced that one of the ways that we will solve the big, complex challenges that the world currently is up against is by having more diverse voices at the decision-making tables. And one of the reasons why we keep not solving the big, complex problems of the world is because we don't have enough diverse voices at those tables. And so that whole determination, that whole need to fix things is strong, is strong in us. The problem is that that need to fix things comes from often a place of moral outrage. How dare this happen? How could this possibly happen in this day and age? Or that righteous indignation of why can't you see that you're wrong? Why can't you see that this is not the way to do it? And I totally get it. And in fact, those feelings of outrage and annoyance and frustration are really important motivators to get that fire in the belly to move us, to get us to do something different. But when it comes to speaking, when it comes to presenting, when it comes to facilitating change, moral outrage and righteous indignation are very ineffective. Because what moral outrage and righteous indignation does for us is it gets us very ranty. It gets us very, as I said in an episode a few weeks ago, it gets us very telly. You should do this. You should do this. And it pits us against the people that we are most trying to influence. It makes enemies 
of the people that we are trying to facilitate change. It has us think that we are right and they are wrong and it therefore informs our words, our tone, our physiological, physiolo- physiology. <laughs> it informs everything. And let me ask you this. Do you like being told that you're wrong? In fact, when someone's in your face telling you that you're wrong, what are you likely to do? Our response, actually our reaction to being told that we're wrong is to fight back, is to defend, is to actually dig our heels in on our beliefs and our position even stronger. And so as a change maker, as a leader, if you are trying to influence change, if you are trying to change the hearts and minds of an audience who you think need to take different steps, need to take different action, then being righteously indignant and telling them that they're wrong is not going to help your cause. How do I know? Well, if you've spent any time on social media in the last 10 years, if you've spent any time reading the comments in the comment section on any of the mainstream news sites, you will know that morally outraged Righteously indignant keyboard warriors are not going to change their minds because you told them they should change their minds. You will also know that those who are even right, even even those who are on your side and advocating for the change that you want to see in the world, if all it took was that level of moral outrage, if all it took was that level of righteous indignation, then guess what? The problems would already be solved right? Because there is plenty, plenty of keyboard warriors, soapbox standers, yelly, shouty people who are advocating for change and not making progress. If you genuinely want to make change, if you genuinely want to have people who have a different point of view to you, who see the world differently to you, or you just need them to take different action, you need to meet them where they're at and you need to facilitate a change. You need to move them productively from where they are now to where you want them to be. I got into a discussion about this recently with my Impactful Presenters cohort. We were in a confidence coaching call and the question came up from one of the participants. She's preparing for a presentation about access and disability on campus at a university and she's got a very limited amount of time to speak and she's really she's really frustrated and really annoyed that um the people that she's talking to haven't made the campus accessible enough for people with different needs. And her tendency, her desire, and that of the group, I've got to say, was to really stick it to them. It was to really, you know, make them feel uncomfortable. And as I pointed out, making people uncomfortable, particularly too uncomfortable, is not generally a good way to have people be open to your message, open to change. 
particularly when it's complex issues like access and inclusion, like homelessness, like climate change, like poverty, like any of the complex challenges that we're up against in today's world. And so instead what I coached her to do was be mindful of your intent, be mindful of the real change that you want to lead and then understand where the audience might be at right now. Chances are they know, in this case, they know that something needs to change and they don't know how to do it. It might be that somebody's really fixated on their current worldview and so they need to be taken very gently and respectfully on a journey to have them see it differently. So my tip to wrap out today's show is when you are feeling that moral outrage, when you are feeling that righteous indignation, own it, claim it, acknowledge it, and then put it aside and then ask yourself, where is my audience at? Where would I like them to be at? What's realistic for me in this particular conversation You probably can't change the world in a five-minute presentation. But what's the next step that I would like them to take? What's the the smallest shift that I can move them along so that they're open to another conversation? They're open to different action. They're open to different thinking. You, you, You crack. You just create a crack for a slight shift in their thinking or in their approach. And when you're clear on that, when you're clear on that gap, where they are now and that crack that you're trying to create, then you can think about what do you need to say, meeting them where they're at to move them along that path. Because going in indignant, going in outraged, nine times out of 10 won't work. Nine times out of 10 won't have the impact that you want it to have. Now. Are there cases when outrage works? Grace Tame is a fantastic example. Yes, absolutely. There are times when it works, but most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time in the environments that we're all speaking in, that we're all talking in, that we're all engaging in on a day-to-day basis, that level of outrage doesn't work. If it did, we wouldn't need to be having the conversations that we're all trying to have. As I said at the top of this episode, one of the reasons why I created Impactful Presenters and this podcast, Speaking With Confidence, is because I really, really, really do want to see more diverse voices sitting at the tables where decisions are made so we can solve some of the complex challenges that are facing the world today. One of the first steps in how to do that is begin with the end in mind. And in fact, that's the first step that I outline in my free ebook, How to Stop Rambling. So if you don't already have that ebook, then I highly encourage you to head over to impactfulpresenters.com. That's impactfulpresenters.com and download How to Stop Rambling, where you will learn the three-step process to stop rambling, to stop losing your words and instead present with impact, with authenticity, with authority, and make yourself effectively heard. 
I'd love to know what you think about moral outrage and righteous indignation. So come and join me in the Speaking with Confidence Facebook group. Just search for Speaking with Confidence on Facebook and you will find me. You can ask any question you like. I hope that's been an interesting musing for you about taking your outrage and shaping it into effective and productive conversations. And I look forward to hearing perhaps how it plays out for you in an upcoming conversation. In the meantime, have a fabulous week and I will see you next week for another episode of Speaking with Confidence. And in the meantime, here's to confidence and here's to impact. I'll see you really soon.